to Music Raygun. I'm Paul Ciampanelli. This is the show where we watch music videos and music-related videos on YouTube and chat about them. And if you go to musicraygun.com, you'll find a video playlist for this and every episode so you can see what the hell we're talking about. Kirk is on vacation, so filling in for him is our friend and yours, Katie Willard. Welcome back, Katie. Hi, Paul. Thanks for coming on the show again. Oh, it's my pleasure. Suck it, Kirk. You're, <laughs> you're with your family. Yeah, although you're very lucky because you're with Ann, and Ann is the best. Yeah, and his kids are also pretty awesome. Yeah, that's and, true. And uh, he gets to hang out in, I think he's in Cleveland. He might be in Chicago. Chicago? I was Maybe in Chicago. Maybe it was Chicago or Cleveland. Either way, cool cities. We're here in L.A. <laughs> Yeah, no, except we got LeBron. We got LeBron. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Sorry, no, I just want to make sure. That's Kirk just rubbing it because Kirk is a yeah, Cleveland guy. A, and he yeah. loves the, uh, what's the name of the team again? Cavaliers. Cavaliers, that's right. <laughs> I was going to say the Pacers. I don't know from sports. I do <laughs> a music fine. show. It's okay. Um, <laughs> I, I don't judge. Uh, I, the way that you corrected me, there was a lot of judgment. Cavaliers. Well, just because like, I don't, per, I'm not a sport. I mean, I watch a lot of sports entertainment in the WWE, but uh, <laughs> the, the Cavaliers have been um, in the in the public. No, I know. I just blanked on the name. Sorry. I'm not totally cool. I'm not mocking. I don't but mocking. let's talk yeah. about music. Okay. I changed the intro a little bit this time because normally I say it's the show where we pick a theme and then choose video. But this is a grab bag episode. Heck yeah. With our special guest. So there's no theme for this one. Nah. You picked five videos that you like. I picked five five videos that I like, and that's it. That's the theme. Yeah. Stuff that we like. Yeah. Well, we're going to start off with one of mine. Uh, do you know the song Warm Leatherette? I do not. Uh, it was a hit, kind of a moderate hit, for Grace Jones. Oh, cool. But hers is a cover of the original by a band called The Normal. The Warm Leatherette, the Grace Jones version, was on my Discover Weekly last week. Two really? weeks ago. Yeah, really? no, no. Now that now that you say Grace, yes. Okay. Yes. Hers is a little groovier. Yes. This one's really, really spare. Uh, I loved this song in college. What's interesting about it, it's from 1978. Um, it's a song that's inspired by the James Ballard novel Crash from 1973, which is a book about car crash fetishes, which the movie had... Uh, um James Spader. James Spader. Yeah. Right. So you're a little ahead of me. What we're going to watch is someone's homemade YouTube video where the video is just all footage from the movie Crash, <laughs> which is the adaptation of the novel. Yes. Set to Warm Leatherette by The Normal. I love when people do uh, yeah. have fun editing things uh, for the YouTube. So it's just a lot of James Spader crashing a car on purpose for coming. sexual pleasure. <laughs> To this really weird sort of uh, no wave song. I from really the late love 70s. James Spader, so. Yeah, he's great. And the movie's from 96, I think. So this is the song of Grace Jones coming. Hers is a little groovier. Yeah, I've never actually seen this movie. Yeah, I, I was curious about it. And I don't want to either because I can watch this music video version. Yeah. But I think the movie would be really upsetting to me. Because, yeah, it's like 
Are the fetishists of like watching other cars crash or being in a car as it crashes? Because um, like that's really playing it risky. Like you might die. I think that's why it's a sexual uh, because it's okay. the risk of possible death. Yeah. 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 He just crashed slowly into a car in a junkyard. Yeah. He's just getting off on crashing his car. It's real weird. Uh, a man who looks like Crispin Glover just rubbed his body on a car. It might have been Crispin Glover. I don't know. Okay, like part of it's like feeling the. Yeah, like you kind of wanna. It's partly wanting to fuck a car, partly wanting to fuck in, in a, a car, car partly yeah. wanting to die in a car. Okay. All mixed together. Ah. Uh, I mean, I never want to kink shame anyone ever, so, like, just just as long as you're not hurting others. Yeah, and also don't hurt yourself. Do like, what if you, you want, but, if like, this is yeah, your please fantasy, don't die. That's fine, but don't, don't do it. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine, like, you're in, the police come to, like, take a report and you just have cum all over yourself, <laughs> like, trying to explain it? So does he die? Oh, hello, James Bader. Oh, Jaws of Life! Yeah. It's real, real dark. But I think the song evokes whatever this is very well. Like, with the industrial sound of it. To be perfectly honest, the fact that you said that this song is inspired by the novel Crash and literally 95% of the lyrics are just the words warm leatherette over and over again. But yeah, like the vibe. And then the, the final line of the song goes, quick, let's make love before you die. And it just describes, like, you know, crushing steel, blood. Oh my god. Yeah. I can't tell if she's, like... Dying or fucking? Yeah, I think that's I the point. Okay. <laughs> Both is the answer. But he was, like, in a, he was in a, in a car wash. Like a drive-through car mm-hmm. wash, and she just kicks her foot out from the back. I'm like, is she injured? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no like bridge. No, no. <laughs> Straight through. Well, what's interesting too is that it seems like it's like a non. Oh. Wow. That last car in the bit was a, like a replica of James Dean's car that he died in his Porsche. Oh, was it? See, yeah, I didn't yeah, even that pick silver, up on the that. silver. The silver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So I just wanted to kick it off with a corker. Like Hell just yeah. yeah, just head right into it. Yeah. The rest of my stuff's not gonna be quite that weird. <laughs> but uh I really loved that song when I was in college. And so I just uh I think I was just curious if there was ever like an official video for right. it. And I just searched YouTube for one leatherette. And I found this and I was like, well, that's pretty cool. And like I like I said, I don't want to see that movie, but I feel like I get Everything I would the want vibe. to get out of yeah, it yeah, from yeah. this. No need to d- listen to dialogue. That's right. That's right. Okay, so I'm very curious about your first selection here. Tell me about this. Set this uh, up. So this song was on one of my algorithm, my Spotify algorithm, like Discover Weeklies. Okay. So this art, uh, this artist, Queen Herbie, is a little like. There's an interesting kind of vibe going on about her because she was like part of a duo with her husband, and I can't remember what they were called. Um, 
where they were like huge on YouTube mm-hmm. for like doing like covers and then they got really big like probably five years ago. Just producing their own videos. Right. Mm-hmm. And then she has always been like a rapper. Um she's a very good rapper. Mm-hmm. Um but then she they kinda went in this like pop alt pop avenue with YouTube. Then she decided she wanted to like rebrand herself entirely as this artist, Queen Herbie. Mm-hmm. What comes into question now is cultural appropriation in terms of her look um, and her vibe in her music. But I think the thing that is like that people are missing is that she's always been doing music like this. Mm -hmm. Like back in the day, this is like what their original sound was very similar to. Mm -hmm. Um, So it is like, what is the deal? But this song is very catchy. Um, I really like the mood of it. Um, I actually, when I first heard it, sent the video to Kirk because I was like, I feel like Kirk will like this I was going to say, just by the title of the song alone, well, Sade, yeah, Sade in the 90s. In the 90s. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Like, I watched the video and I think it's inclusive. I don't think it's... Culturally appropriative? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, she's looking like herself. Yeah. Um, the stylistically, I, I could see why people would think that. I don't know, like some of the stuff, but I, I think maybe because it's kind of an R&B jam, mm-hmm. which I get. Her voice is so good. Yeah, I've never seen her before. She posted a video on her on this YouTube uh, channel, like introducing her character, and that in and of itself is a little cringeworthy. She's like, like doing this thing, and I'm like, ah, to be yourself. Right. Like, that's okay. Yeah. Is it a persona or is I'm it a like, sketch character? Dress up. Right. By all means, have fun with your style, but like, and kick ass with your music, but like, you don't have to be like a. Chris Gaines. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this song is like very summer, like by the pool. Yeah, I can see that. But, but relaxed too. Yeah. Is this from this year? This? Uh, uh, oh, yeah, it says yeah, April, April 30th, 2018. I like her. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's just like such a chill song. Where's she from? Do you know? Um, let me look it up. I should have prepared more. Apologies. You, do, you don't have to prepare anything. Nobody's paying us to do this. <laughs> okay, so... Her, well, her name is Amy Renee Noonan. Amy Noonan? Okay. Amy Noonan. It's pretty good. Um, yeah, she, Carmen is the duo with her husband. Alright. Um, and then her first song off of that was... Her first EP as Queen Herbie was Busta Rhymes, which is she is such a fast flow. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's pretty amazing. Um, but, yeah, she, her husband, Nick Noonan, they did, um, 
they released covers on YouTube, and that was kind of what gave them their their big break. And then they started recording like original music. But then in the spring, so like pretty much right before she posted this video, she decided that she, she all of her, all of Carmen the band, their duo, all their social media was wiped, and everything was rebranded as Queen Herbie. Oh, so, so her did. husband was like, "Yo, do what you want to do." Like, if so they didn't. She didn't launch new. She. Overwrote all the like, other stuff. Yeah. Oh wow! Okay. Um, so he's just not working with her. Yeah, I'm not sure. Anymore? I don't even think he's like producing it. Huh. I think he just was like, "You do your thing." This was something that she really wanted to do on yeah, her own. Yeah, that's interesting. Which I thought was cool. Um, but yeah. I she's also gorgeous. Oh yeah, I like her. Style. She has a very big bushy eyebrows. And the glasses really work for me, too. Yeah. You're into that? Since you think? Yeah. But, yeah. It's... I'm curious to see what she does and if she makes a slash. And what's very funny is when I was doing working the Billboard Music Awards, part of my job was, like, to um, identify people on the carpet. I was Mm -hmm. having a really hard time because Billboard is, like, a lot of, like, new, very, like, young, popular music. Like Bad Baby? Yeah. Yeah. Um, She didn't come. Did she she show up? (laughs) Really? I don't she's, think so. She's been in L.A. I yeah. don't know why she... Wait, no, I Bill think she showed up because she... Yeah, she was there. I know that she was because I, I know what her red carpet look was. What was it? Um, if you tell me, then I probably will. I don't know how to describe it, but I've seen the pictures and there were some memes. Uh, I've posted a lot of bad baby stuff at work. Okay. So I've, I like have went and gotten the Getty images myself. Right. So I like barely didn't, I hardly knew anyone, but because I had been watching that music video a lot yeah. leading up and I didn't know she was going to be there. Uh, then when she was on the carpet, I was like, ah, yeah. it's, it's Queen Herbie. Yeah. And you were like, who? And I was like, yeah, I know this one. It's, it's Queen spelled Q-V-E-E-N-O. Yeah. And they were like, okay, All whatever, right. Katie. Yeah. Are we going to run it on television? Probably not. But, you know. You went from like, I don't know who any of these people are. Just leapfrog right I know to this like, one specific yeah. <laughs> Just a fan person. girl like out of her. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. that. Yeah. That is. Okay. Very accurate. Um, Kirk hates Bob Dylan. Oh, of course he does. Uh, but F you, Kirk. You're not here. Suck it, Kirk. So we're gonna- <laughs> Suck it, Craig. <laughs> so we're going to watch a Bob Dylan clip. This is just a very brief clip from, do you remember the Martin Scorsese Bob Dylan documentary from mid-2000s? I do no not. Direction Home. He I made don't. a two-part documentary. And this is a weird clip from the late 60s where Bob Dylan is being really silly in a way where you don't think of Bob Dylan ever being silly. Right. But he's also, like, obviously stoned and still really, like, Bob Dylan-y. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it except that he sees a sign mm-hmm. and he reads the words on the sign. And then he starts playing, like, this little word game where he's, like, mixing the words around and just right. sort of coming up with this sort of... Uh, like refrigerator poetry type of thing. <laughs> I'm he's, excited. He's having a real giddy good time doing Aww. it. And you're like, wow, Bob Dylan, I never see you acting like such a dork <laughs> because you're so self-consciously cool all the time. So this is like blonde on blonde. Yeah. I'm looking for a place that will collect, clip, bath, and return my dog. It's KN177. Two seven cigarettes and tobacco. 
animals and birds bought or sold on commission. Just like a pet store is something. I want a dog that's going to collect and clean my bath, return my cigarette, and, and give tobacco to my animals and, and give my birds Just do an improv, that's yeah. what she said. I want, I'm looking for somebody to sell my dog, collect my clip. My God, my if he had gone to my, my high school, yeah. like if this if this Bob Dylan was at my high school, I would have been like, please take my virginity. Yeah. <laughs> You're doing a fun improv exercise. Yeah, a lot of girls in the late 60s thought the same thing. I, about yes, I'm girls. sure. I but if you want to know what my type was like. Yeah, that like for there. girls who are like, the Beatles are fine, but they're just boys. I want a poet like Bob Dylan. Yeah, yeah. I, if, have you seen uh, um, Lady Bird? No. Timothy Chalamet's character in Lady Bird is like this like existential thinker who's always got a copy of Howard Zinn's People's History of the United States <laughs> sure, open. And sure. he's like, I don't believe in money. Like, right, right, got, right. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, I saw the movie with my ex and he was like, that was my one thing is I just didn't like that character. I felt like he was so overtime. And I was like, dude, that's who I lost my virginity yeah. to was that guy who wore sweater vests and pulled his hair so that it stuck up in the front and did yeah. improv. And eventually moved to the Netherlands and changed his name to Peter Cloud with two Ds. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Who got no. me to like Don Hertzfeld. Like, oh, yeah. 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 And every generation has its slightly remixed version, version of that kid, but it's just a perennial thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Bob Dylan's also sort of like the original of that. Yes. Yeah. I will give him that. Straighten out my bird. I look for a place to bathe my bird, fry my dog. Collect my clip, sell me cigarettes, and commission my bath. I'm looking for a place that's going to collect my commission, sell my dog, burn my bird, and sell me the cigarette. Going to burn my body, collect my will, and bathe my commission. I'm looking for a place that's going to animal my soul, knit my return, bathe my foot, and collect my dog. Commission me to sell my animal to the bird to clip, and buy my bath, and return me back to the cigarette. That's cute. it. Just, He's such a cute boy. Yeah, it's Bob Dylan being cute, which... Yeah, like, you don't still, see that. He's still being, like, pretentious and really, like, sort of pleased with himself. Yeah. Which is Very which smart. is really Bob Dylan-y. Uh, and also sort of the key component of this archetype you're describing. Right, right. <laughs> but I, I don't think I've ever seen Bob Dylan silly. just be sort of silly before. That's it's being real a silly. lovely find. Yeah. A lovely find. Okay, you send me a clip that cannot be found on YouTube. No. So I'll link to it on musicraygun.com along with our normal playlist for anyone who wants to watch it. But it's not on YouTube because SNL has always been very vigilant about not letting its musical yeah. performances live on YouTube. And they also don't like a lot of times on the like Hulu perform like when they do things to Hulu, like they'll pull music yeah. performances from those as well, like in the old like, I can't find Loudon Rainwright's um, Bicentennial or Unrequited to the Nth Degree from, from like his SNL. From, like, the fourth SNL. episode yeah. ever. Yeah. It's, no, it's nowhere except on the DVDs. The DVDs. Right, right, yeah. right. And it's not just SNL. Like, even other late-night talk show performances will usually go up for a very short period before they're taken the, down. I, we, you and I had a Twitter conversation because there is a performance of The Ideal Husband by Father John Misty that was on Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. Um, I think you pulled, talked about it on this show. It might have been off mic. Yeah, to no, no, no. Kirk, we were talking but, about, I was like, I need to show Kirk, and then I couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah. And I lamented the fact that I didn't, like, download the video because you watch, you watch Father John Misty win over an entire crowd in the span of the song. Yeah. Um... And I lamented about it on Twitter, and someone was like, I found it on Daily Motion. Yeah, that's where every bootleg thing 
that's not on YouTube. And I was can like, be hell found. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but tell the listener about the clip you chose tonight because it's not Father John Misty. It's no, something it else. No, it's not. Uh, so God bless Spotify because uh, I find a lot of music that I actually do like mm-hmm. that I wouldn't have known about. Yeah, their and, Discover features are really good. Yeah, and uh, the Joe Jackson came up on my thing, which is funny because like Joe Jackson is a person where I feel like knowing my musical taste mm-hmm. that I should already know about Joe Jackson. So Joe Jackson is relatively new to you? Yes. That does surprise and me. And so like, you know, you see, is she really going out with him? Like that's, I know that That's the big hit. Like sure. I know that that's the thing, but I, I just had no other frame of reference aside from that. So when I heard this song, I was like, oh, fuck. Like this is aesthetically my ideal song. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's got a bit of whimsy uh, in terms of like percussive instruments, there's yeah. like some of those doingy doing mm-hmm. like weird things that he and he plays a lot with it in this video. That thing you, the, I think yeah, it's the called boing. the it's called like the slapraphone. Yeah, or it's literally like that. its only job is to make a doing right, sound. Right, right, um, And then Joe also is has a whaley imperfect voice that can, he's also conveys. real weird looking. Yeah, and I think there's an argument to be that people make that he. Remain sort of a cult popular guy because, because of MTV because he came, right because he came he up right translate. around the time of MTV and didn't translate super well right but he is one of those guys um, like we recently talked about um, uh, oh, I'm blanking on his name now artists who like music nerds love but who never really Wait, did we talk through. about this in our in no the Kirk last and episode? I on a previous oh, okay. episode okay yeah yeah but yeah um, Marshall Crenshaw is who I was trying to think. Of. I do not know. We, we watched a Marshall Crenshaw video. And you're just like, oh, Like, I always remember on, like, I Love the 70s, someone shared about, like, do you think the Captain and Tennille would have, like, made, <laughs> been able to make it had their duo come, like, yeah. come out in the time of MTV? Christopher Cross no. is also the yes. one people always mention. My, the, my favorite meme is, like, Christopher Cross is the only person in the world who has looked like both members of Tenacious D at some point <laughs> in his life. And they, you put the photos next to each other, and you're like, oh, my God, it's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's got a whaley and perfect voice that, uh, conveys emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm, I'm into that. I don't need somebody who's necessarily like yeah. got the voice of an angel. Right. I like, well, he's people... like a David Byrne type. Yes. Or, yeah. And I like when people wail. So this is, uh, and a... just to be clear to anyone listening who might not know, this is not the recently deceased father of, of Michael, Michael Jackson. Jackson. No, but completely because, different person. Because that Joe Jackson died recently, I was just talking to Kirk about this Joe Jackson. Right. Because we were both like, oh, I like the other Joe Jackson too. And I mentioned to him that Joe Jackson's bass player, Graham Maybe, is one of my favorite bass players. Oh, cool. He's amazing. I mean, this was like the, the whole, the other thing that I really enjoy about this particular performance of it is his whole band is so like, his there's a woman on the timbales that's like. Yeah. If you listen, especially to, I think it's Joe Jackson's debut album, Look Sharp, mm-hmm. the one with, is she really going out with him on it? Yeah. A lot of the songs have, like, basically just a rhythm guitar, and then Graham maybe plays, like, lead bass. Right. Like, really melodic, bouncy bass lines, um, like in a Paul McCartney type of way. So, okay, so this is Another World by Joe Jackson on Saturday Night Live. What year is I this? I think 1982. <laughs> 
like the drummers in the pocket in such a beautiful way. Yay, cowbell. I think this song might be on Look Sharp. No, it's on, uh, it's a blue and white cover. Oh, okay. I can't remember what it is. It's called, yeah, the one on the timbales is great. I love a good piano hook. Like, I really, really do. This song vibe-wise reminds me of Funky Cat by Elton John. Elton John, yeah. No, I can see that. I also, in my mind, kind of grouped Joe Jackson along with Squeeze. Yeah. Yeah, that's a face for radio. <laughs> He's cute. He's just not classically handsome. He has pointy teeth like Baldar Cornhead. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know when he goes to the dentist and he opens his mouth and he's got rows and rows of like pointy teeth? Yeah, but and I, I would not call too. Joe Jackson ugly. No, no. He's just a and little He's, he's unusual him. looking in the way, but you know that like certain women are super into, into it. Into it, yeah. That's fair. And he... This grand maybe. And he gets a stank face too, which is always really... Yeah, yeah, yeah. SNL used to have really eclectic music choices. Yeah, because it was like, I mean, it, honestly, to me, it was more of a tastemaker music show than it was a comedy show in the first, like, yeah. four or five and, years. You right, know? right. And it would signal boost a lot of, like, sort of fringe artists, and that was pretty much just whoever's top Yeah, popular, was. yeah, which I think it was like a, it was like 50-50. Here we go, there's that twangy. Yeah, I wish I knew what that thing was called. Yeah. It's literally like a cowbell with a weird, like, wire ball, wooden ball. Yeah. It's like the door stopper, you yes. know, that you twang it. Twang. He's also a little Elvis Costello-y. Yes. Yeah, Joe Jackson is great. I also like the, the uh, message of this song what is the message? It's like I was about to like give up hope and then I saw familiar faces. It's like and then I stepped into another world. So it's like how you can feel alone and you can feel like you're gonna give up, but then when you see those people that you know will be there for you, you yeah. step into another like you oh, that is I mean that's how I interpreted the lyrics. I could be totally I'm just gonna take them. So good. Like if you're gonna have a percussionist, then you know, have him wear a beret. Yes, always. <laughs> I can't remember what her name is. It was like Sue, it's something Greek, her last name is Greek. Quang, quang, quang. He's. Yeah, it's, a, it's in a lot of like funk music and. Uh, what's the song I'm trying he to do? He just think of chucked it? it into the back. He's just done with it. He's also wearing a red blazer with the collar cuffs and yeah, a t-shirt underneath. He looks super cool. Yeah. That's the thing about Joe Jackson. He also he kind of looks like Gary Newman. Yes. Yes. Um, like sort of not like sort of like a I don't want to say alien. But no, he's like he's like Michael Fassbender and Prometheus. Yeah. Like where you're like a, an alien that they try to make look like a human, so it like pretty much looks like a human, but you're like. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he takes the edge off his natural weirdness by just being super fucking cool. Yes. Although I realize that Michael Fassbender is not an alien; he's a robot. I don't know. I haven't seen Prometheus. But it's like a robot. Right, but he looks like a robot. Yeah. 
But also, also, frankly, Joe, when you know what Joe Jackson looks like, it adds an extra dimension to is she really going out with him? You know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of Everybody was very into it. Yeah. Yeah, he's wearing a red... S- oh, he got, like, bashful cute about yeah. all the applause. Yeah, he was wearing a red suit. So, like, suit jacket and then a t-shirt. It was very cute. Yeah, he looks awesome. He and he's one of those guys that, like, music geeks love. Love, yeah. yeah so now that, awesome. because of that song, I'm like, oh, I want to look more into him as an artist. Yeah. In yeah. that album His whole first album is so good. There's so many great tracks on that. Okay, good to know. I will yeah. I will get into it. Um, how much of Lee Hazelwood and Nancy Sinatra's partnership? I know, know nothing. Of? I know Boots Are Made for Walking. Which was written stuff. and produced by Lee Hazelwood. I did not know that. Uh, not for Nancy Sinatra. He originally wrote it for himself. Oh. And Nancy Sinatra said, if you sing that as a man, it's going to seem real, real mean. Oh. Because she was woke early yeah. on. She was like, because, the you know, these boots are made for walking. That's what they're going to do. One of these days, these boots are going to walk, walk all, all over you. you. Right. It has a different vibe coming from a grown man. From a, from a woman than from a man. Because yeah. when it's a woman, it's like sort of an empowering kiss off. And from a man, it just seems sort of mean and abusive. Yes. yes so yes. she was very smart to say, why don't you give me that song? Which he did. Aww. But then they also uh, did a lot of duets in the 60s and 70s. Lee Hazelwood and Nancy Sinatra did. And most of them are sort of sort of country, pop country. Mm-hmm. There's a real weird one called uh, Big Red Balloon that I like a lot, <laughs> which is about, it's a duet and his parts are like, Basically saying, I'm going to leave you. I'm going to get in my big red hot air balloon and just take off. And then it will go to her verses. And she's like, you'll never get that balloon off the ground. You're being an idiot. You'll never do it. And then he's like, yep, I'm going to get. And they just keep going back and forth. And then by the end, her verse is going, you'll never get that balloon off the ground. And then she's going, hey, where are you going? Come back here. Oh, and then it's, like, it's real, real cheesy and weird. Anyway, there's no video it. for that. I love it. But there is a video for one of their more well-known duets, Some Velvet Morning, mm-hmm. um, which it, this clip is from uh, an NBC special uh, of Nancy Sinatra's called Moving with Nancy that aired on <laughs> December, December 11th, 1967. Brad. And there was lots of Lee Hazelwood in that. And so this is the clip that goes along with the song Some Velvet Morning, Lovely. which is really sort of impossible to describe, so let's just watch and listen to it. But I love this. I like how every TV special, the shot started completely, like, out of focus, you know, like, yeah. things this like is real late focus. 60s. And I love Lee Hazelwood's voice. All right, now he's riding a horse he's on a hill. He's on a horse. It's all very moody looking. It's very moody, yeah. The song is really moody. Oh, now he's on the beach. Riding a horse. Black. He's wearing all black. He's wearing, riding a black horse. Gotta be hot. On the beach. Sweaty. I'm gonna open up your gate. I'm gonna open up your gate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's gonna tell you about Phaedra. Like from Real Housewives? Isn't that <laughs> I wouldn't know, but I don't think the time period. That would be amazing. He's wearing a leather vest, by the way, and a knit black turtleneck. And a power mustache. Yes. Like a a pre-Magnum P.I. power mustache. 
Uh, he kind of looks like my Uncle Jim. <laughs> Hi, Jim. If you're listening. <laughs> he kind of looks like everybody's Uncle Jim. Yeah. He's going to tell you about Phaedra and how she gave him life and how she made it end. That's a mythology. I, I don't know what that means. He never really gets around to telling you any of that. But then Nancy comes in and she's Phaedra. So here's her verse. Oh, she's wearing all, all white. I feel like there's a duality happening in this music video. Sure. Now she's in 3-4 time. It's like a whole different time. A dreamland. Oh, look at the daisies. She's very dreamy. So, Phaedra wrote, okay, so, Phaedra married Theseus. She fell in love with Hippolytus, Theseus' son by another woman. Mm -hmm. Um, But Hippolytus rejected her in revenge. Phaedra wrote Theseus a letter that claimed Hippolytus had raped her. Mm -hmm. Theseus believed her and cursed Hippolytus with one of the three curses he had received from Poseidon. As a result, Hippolytus' horses were frightened by a sea monster and dragged their rider to his death. So horses by the ocean makes Possibly. a little bit of sense. It's unclear whether or not he's talking about the mythological Phaedra or just some woman, woman. named Phaedra. I'm going to – I don't – who knows? I'm not sure. I mean the, the song is basically the same verses back and forth. I'm going to tell you about Phaedra. And then she comes and she's like, Phaedra is my name. <laughs> then back to him like, I'm going to tell you about Phaedra. It never really resolves. Okay. It's just real well, yeah. But I, I like to imagine this aired on in December of 1967, just on NBC. Really a Christmas really? delight. Yeah, super Christmassy. <laughs> but I'm like, who is this for? Like, was I mean, were, the, were the hippie baby boomers into this? I can't yeah, imagine. Yeah, like, were they was watching Was it their parents? This? Was it, like, was it the greatest generation? Like, yeah, like that late Lee Hazelwood. And yeah, Frank's I'm, daughter. I am wondering if maybe that was like it was like a, a simple on like entree into like newer music where they were like, yeah, this is taking the place of your like what other music special you would watch like yeah. as a family sitting around the thing. It's and a lot of the, like I said, a lot of the songs they recorded together are sort of country, right? So is it like a, is a country audience enjoying this? It's probably not. It kind of seems like it's for everyone and no one. Because I do like I'm like oh this is like cool, yeah. but I'm also like it's not particularly. Like, but it was it was somewhat of a hit, like it charted, and it is cool. And Nancy Sinatra. Is very sexy, but in an off-putting way, where yeah, there's always I mean, something vaguely threatening the about uninterrupted her. Uninterrupted eye contact in her verse was definitely yeah. a little weird. She's intense. I think Lee Hazelwood is cool as hell. <laughs> were they together? No, they were just. I don't think that they were a couple. Though. They I were think just creative. Was, yeah. I. <laughs> oh wait, here we go. Right. She's still hanging with her date. Oh no, now she's in a sea cave. <laughs> That's right. Don't sit on that rock. Your white pants are going to get dirty. <laughs> Wait. She's hugging a bouquet. Well, look at this, but do not touch. I feel like, honestly, it's Is like... Is referring to the myth? Yes, because yeah. she's like... 
look at us, but don't touch. Like, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell people, you know. Yeah. 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 Oh, she's on a whiteboard. Is he supposed to be a politician in this situation? I guess. I never, I did not look up the myth ahead of time. I like how I was just like, it's it's nuanced, and you're like, I don't know, Katie. I think they might have just come up with a name. (laughs) No, I'm The beach was a cool place to shoot them. I never, I recognized Phaedra as a mythological character, but I never gave them enough credit for actually spinning the, well, it seems like in that, Sorry. It seems like in that late 60s way of, like, a loose and poorly executed metaphor. Where you're like, like it's oh, yeah, it, like, inspired it. (laughs) But it's its own thing. And you're like, okay, I guess I kind of like... Yeah, like, they did a little drugs, and now they're into astrology. And then he, like, read something about Phaedra. Yeah, Yeah, I read the mythology, the book Mythology. Right. Now I'm, like, kind of an expert. Because, like I said... He never actually gets around to telling you anything so, about yeah. it. He just keeps every verse is, I'm going to tell you about Phaedra and what she did. But first, here she is. Here's- and then she's like, I'm Phaedra. Phaedra's my name. And then he's like, I'm going to tell you about her. And she's like, that's me. And then the song fades And then it just life. fades out. I'm <laughs> riding his horse into the sunset. <laughs> right, right, right. I am curious but it's real, to see it's, if it's involved. It has real, tonal, tonally, it's really evocative. Yes. Um, and super 60s but let's take a hard left turn yes this is I don't think there's ever been more of a a two opposing songs right next to each other and I'm I'm completely unfamiliar with your next choice so the song is called Faded by Mm -hmm. a band called Soul Decision have you listened to it? no so here's the thing it's one of those songs where the title is not is like mentioned once in the song, and the hook of the song is what you think the title would be. Trying to search for this song on the internet is so difficult you didn't because know it was you'll have faded. it stuck in your head, and you'll be like, "Yeah, uh, this lyric." And then it's is like, this a big hit song where when I hear it, I'll be like, "I oh, think I, I think you will know." It. When's it from? From like, er, like late '90s, early 2000s. I'm white, but this is a time in my life where I was real snobby about music and was just listening to a lot of the I'm doors wondering if of it might Zeppelin. have just been like Osmosis. Like, literally, it was playing Like, if around. I was at the mall one day, yeah. I might have or picked it up. Or it was on the radio. It, like, came Maybe. on the radio. Um, this music video is also just ridiculous, and um, <laughs> at the height of, like, late 90s music videos where people are still pouring money into things where you're like, yeah. why? If it's generic <laughs> enough, it might also be the type of thing where I'm like, it sounds familiar because it sounds like Every other things other song. from and that And that time, is fair. But... That is a fair... Yeah. Um, so this this is their other single that oh, they played it? at the beginning of the music video. Sure. And then on the music video for that song, yeah. they play this, the beginning of the song on the radio at the beginning. It's like very weird. So everybody's getting ready to go out, have a good time. They're, like, doing some weird digital, like, tricks. Yeah, this just looks like a video from 1999. He has frosted frosted tips. tips. I think Kirk would be into this if he was here. So. I mean, as this type of thing goes, this groove is pretty good. Yes, it is. What did we do? What we did last night again. I can't say I have, I specifically recall any of this, but. Okay, wait. The chorus is coming up. Everybody's just having a good time at this party in this upscale apartment building. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't remember this, but it does sound like. like Unlike unlike other, I don't know. And you know I want it. Unlike other boy bands of the time, though, they are a band. They're playing instruments. They're not. They're yes. not boy bands. Yeah, they're What's not bands. Funny is there's like a guy who like sings the backup lyrics yeah. that looks like a member of 98 Degrees. Like I don't know. <laughs> it, it's very a little off-putting. But um, further, you mean because um, of how 98 Degrees had Nick Lachey? That guy. This guy looks like he's, yeah. like, moonlighting from a boy band. Because there's Nick Lachey and then, like, Nick Lachey's brother, brother. Gary or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think what's funny to me about this oh, this music video, too, is, like, you know how, like, in silent films, people felt like they got to, like, over, they had to over-emote, like, on their face because yeah. there was no... I feel like this guy, like, took the silent film, uh, like, approach to acting in a music video. Oh, yeah. there is a oh, rapper okay. in it. I don't know who... Who's the rapper? We don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure who that is. <laughs> yep, I can't. But the lead singer is very much like like an Ash, Ashley Parker angel yes, type. he does look like Ashley Parker. Yeah. That's your only my friend. From O-Town. You're my body type. And, like uh, and the guy with the goatee is a real Joey Fatone yes, type. Yes, or uh, Chris Kirkpatrick. Yeah, Chris Kirkpatrick. Wait, are they both from <clears throat> NSYNC? NSYNC? I think so, okay, yeah. Then who... Because I can name I can name Boys? everyone in NSYNC and no one from Backstreet Boys. Who is it in back? Who's the like? Wait, hold on. Who's in the Backstreet Boys? <laughs> I, I can't name anyone from the Backstreet Boys. Then I mean, this like I said, as as far as like sort of generic pop R and B from the late nineties yeah, goes, like, this, this is isn't the worst I've ever heard. It's not a bad song. It's incredibly catchy, but yeah. man, oh man, there's no longevity to this. Right. I'm like, oh, they're on the roof. Just over. Like, I'd rather everything. listen to this than say, I want it that way. That's, yeah, that's fair. It's Howie. He's the Howie D. The Howie. Howie from Mexico. Howie is the perfect name for that guy in, that, in the band. Or because. Howie. Because I'm from the new kids on the block generation of boy bands, the Danny Wood yes. of, the, of the group. The not the yeah the As, other Danny. Like I like I've laid out before on the show, there was uh, Donnie who was the bad boy. Yeah. Joey was the cute one. Jonathan was the shy one. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan was the sexy one, and Danny was Donnie's friend. Yes, that's the he dynamic. was also there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and others. Yes. Uh, yeah. So that That's the was, dynamic of the new kids. That was a hard left from yeah. some Velvet Morning. Do we know the names of anyone in Soul Decision? Let's, I mean, I, not off the top of my head, but you know what? That's I hope why that, we here's, have... Here's what I'll say about Soul Decision, and I mean this with all my heart. I hope they're all doing great. I do, too. Okay, <laughs> they're Canadian. Wait. Oh. Yes, they're Canadian. Okay. Active from 1993 to 2005. It was year 2000 was all when right. Faded was a single. Uh, I'll bet you our friend Alexa, who's from Toronto, yes. Soul Decision. Oh, in, in July 2000, they opened for Christina Aguilera at the Winnipeg Arena. Really? Oh, um, just to head up, the rap verse was by, was by Thrust. 
is thrust a Canadian rapper. I'm assuming that. Yeah, he's a Canadian rapper yeah. from Toronto. There you go. Um, so far, there's no word as to what happened after the fact. Uh, but the lead singer, Trevor Guthrie, is now a solo artist um, who, on his MySpace page, which shows you the last time that this Wikipedia uh, entry was updated. Uh, Trevor recorded a new song called Strong Hands, inspired by stories of World War II veterans. Okay. He lives in Vancouver. I assume uh, he's related to Woody Guthrie. I mean, God bless, but no. Um, yeah, he's pretty much just working with, I think, a lot of Canadian artists solo. Okay. So he's like, good for them. Good but for all the decision. But all the four other members yeah. don't have Wikipedia pages. So yeah. I'm assuming they're just. Doing I think, their thing I think the Toronto. Howie analogs maybe working at the car wash. Yeah, aw. <laughs> I like teaching music. That was really shitty of me. To, <laughs> I don't mean to shame anyone who works at the car wash. It was just not where Howie felt like. Yeah. The Howie, not even Howie. The, the Howie analog. Of the group, yes. Yeah. Uh, we're going to stick with Bob Dylan for a minute because <laughs> Kirk hates Bob Dylan. He's yeah, not here. Suck it, suck Kirk. Kirk. This is a Bob Dylan song. I'll keep it with mine. Mm-hmm. Performed by Nico. Oh. Who was with the Velvet Underground yes. in Nico? Yes. Uh, this is from her popular album, Chelsea Girl. And I would say that when this came out in 1967, it is a Bob Dylan song, but not one that Bob Dylan had actually released right. yet oh, at that point. Oh, okay. But it's been covered by a million different artists. Most of the versions I know are covering the Nico version. Oh, that's funny. Like, like the covers will even include like the string accompaniment that's in, in on Nico's album. Not. That's like it kind of reminds me of how um, when Otis Redding did a, his cover of Satisfaction, the Rolling mm-hmm. Stones altered their how they did it to right. be closer to his than to their own. To be yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> or how um, Jeff Buckley's version of Hallelujah, right. while it's um, um, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Leonard Cohen. Leonard, it's a Leonard Cohen song. They do. People but do it more. Buckley's like doing John Cale's cover of it. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that. His ver- he's covering a cover, like that arrangement. But anyway, this video, again, is sort of just a homemade video that someone on YouTube made, where the whole video is just uh, screen test footage of Nico that Andy Warhol shot. Aww. And someone took that footage and put, I'll keep it with mine over it. So the whole. Three and a half minutes is just a camera on Nico, just Nico's face, which I'm yeah, happy I mean, to look no at Nico's face. Here. Right, yeah, yeah. And also, like, she quote unquote can't sing, you know, we were talking about, but I love her voice I so do much. too. Yeah. I didn't say she can't sing. Were you talking no. about with Kirk? No, I mean, in general, she doesn't have a trained voice. Oh, yeah, She's yeah, got yeah. that Teutonic sort of. Well, yeah, 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 but like I a, love like the way a, it sounds. Like some sort of tu- like tugboat or like ship that's yeah, kind of just... Right. Oh. Yeah, it's like just flat. And oh. and there there are cover versions of this that I like where the singing is much prettier. Right. But there's something about... On the whole Chelsea Girl album, her sort of flat German singing voice with the acoustic guitar and the strings that are so pretty... That combine really well. Yeah. And this, I can get emotional listening to this song. And especially with the camera just sort of oh. trained on her face. She's so beautiful. Yeah. She was like a million feet tall, right? I'm not sure. I imagine. I feel like she was really tall. Did I make that up? She's a tall, blonde German model. It makes sense that she'd be tall. Search, babe, at any time. 
<laughs> oh, the freighter's pulling into the harbor. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, me too. It's like you said, there's something about people without technically good singing voices that I like a lot. I connect to it. I think it's like a, it's a huma- like a humanity yeah. kind of where it's less about the sound and more about the feeling and the lyrics, right? That, of that person singing it, and so like I can connect and more, like resonate with it more emotionally than I would be able to with somebody who's got like I can appreciate a beautiful voice as a thing because right. the voice is beautiful. But when but, it's not about the performance, it's more about, it's about the message of the feeling. Right, yeah. right, exactly. That, that it's I more expressive. It's like, yeah, for sure. I, there's an interview with David Byrne from around the time of Stop Making Sense, the one where he interviews himself. Did you ever see that one? No, I, I, I got it, though. Yeah, I, yeah. It's like, it's literally a split, it's a split it screen, it's right. real wacky. But there's a point where he says, like, you don't have a very good singing voice, do you? It's like, what's up with that? And then he answers... And I always thought the answer was pretty profound, even though he answers it in his silly David Bernie way, where he's like, I think if someone basically says, like, if someone can't sing well, I find it easier to believe what they're saying. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. 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 I, I agree. Oh. And also combined with just her face. Yeah. Which seems to have a map of the world on it. Yeah, like she's there's going through some things. There's so much melancholy on her face. Just Andy Warhol just filming her face. She's playing with the kaleidoscope, smoking a cigarette, reading paper. Oh. Or no, is it just a It's one? a rolled up magazine. She's just being, having some fun. <laughs> this song is by Bob Dylan. But she's, like you said, she is putting. She can't necessarily hit high notes, but she's putting all of her heart into it. Yeah. Yeah, I do feel like it is. I also like it because I feel like it democratizes music, right? Yeah. That, like. Anybody can, if they want to, if you want to sing, you should be able to sing. Like, if you have words you want to say. And it's pop music. It's supposed to be disposable. And I'd rather listen to Nico sing that than, like, a perfect R&B pop singer just do runs and show off how much of an octave range she has. Whereas whereas Nico doesn't even have a one octave range. (laughs) But it's, it has its own beauty to it. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> she can hit like three notes, oh. but oh. <laughs> don't make fun of me. She's great. Have some respect not, for the I, dead. I think that no. that, is a be- that was beautiful. I thought that was yeah. beautiful. And, like, she, and look, she doesn't need to have a beautiful voice because everything else about her is beautiful. beautiful. Agreed. So, yeah. Agreed. So R.I.P. Nico. Yes. Um, I almost said yes, ma'am. <laughs> Yeah, we should all call Nico, ma'am. Uh, tell us about this next so performance you selected. 
recently, I think last month, uh, a special came out on Netflix that I think everybody should see called Nanette. I saw uh, that. By Hannah Gatsby. I'm it very is, curious to know how that connects to what we're about to it see. It's billed as a comedy mm-hmm. special um, it, that doesn't do it justice. Um, it is starts a comedy and kind of takes a hard left and gets really real about some uh, some stuff. Um, it's an important thing that I think a lot of people should see. I think everybody should see it. It, it discusses comedy and misogyny and um, abuse and um, resilience. Um, so for me, the reason I chose this song is because the song is, has been pretty um, in the forefront of my mind as when I was in college, I listened to a lot of Rallo Kylie mm-hmm. and I had my first like bout of depression in my junior year of college where like I didn't quite, I was always really motivated and like pretty happy. And like, I didn't understand because suddenly I was just, I did not care about anything. Mm-hmm. Like I was just very apathetic to my life and I, and I couldn't enjoy anything. Um, and, and that I didn't would, hit you until college. No, it didn't hit. I, I mean, I've always been really anxious yeah. and had like that sort of thing going on, but like never depression. Like that just never was a, a part of it. And I like didn't know what the deal was. And I, but I listened to the song about her son slash daughter by Rilo Kylie a lot um, because the thesis of the song is like, just stick around. Like things are going to fucking suck and you're going to say things that you're going to regret probably. And you're going to show up for work with a smile and you're going to, you know, you're going to fight and you're going to fake it. But eventually you'll be happy. Like you will be happy again. Like it, it will be here for a bit, but then it's going to go, it will go away and then you will be able to feel happy again, but not like forever. Like it's going to come and go, but like stick around essentially. And so I watched this, this, I watched Nanette and it really affected me emotionally because there were a lot of stuff resonated with me and it was just so vulnerable and so beautiful for me, like just hearing her be that open. And as she finishes the set and bows and walks off the stage, a better son slash daughter begins to play and it's what plays over the credits. So I, this song has been in my, um, my like world again and i when i it came on at the end of the the special i just started to weep because i was like i've I've cut like currently just out of another like really gnarly bout of depression um and like being out of it again and like being able to be happy like feel joy when i couldn't um and then just listening to the song again and remembering like, and seeing just how far, I mean, it's been, you know, actually 10 years. It's been 10 years since that happened. Yeah. Um, and how different everything is and how different the world is um, and how happy I am that I stuck around and like the miracles that are in my life that I couldn't have imagined currently, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I just was like, just like, (laughs) just snob bubble crying by myself in my apartment at like three o'clock in the afternoon. Mm. Um, so this is a very special song to me and I feel like it is a helpful song to listen to when you are in that place. But this is a Jenny Lewis performing it live solo more recently. Yes. And, uh, 
I think it's important to watch this live video because there is a woman in this in the audience that is screaming the lyrics along with the song. <laughs> okay. And when you hear the audience when she starts like the beginning. When they recognize starts, the song, you mean? You hear people start to go like oh. Yeah. This song also has one of the best like builds to an epic moment that I don't know if live captures it as well as the recording, but it has a pretty slow start and then like and comes rises. fucking into this like jamming part. Yeah. Um, I never got super into Rilo Kylie, but I always like them when I hear them. She, I mean, you hear people go, oh my god. Yeah. Can't move away. from the lyrics that this song was probably important to a lot of young people, not just you. Uh, this is a mess, though. And you'll be happy. You know, like, just, it'll come back. Yeah. Like, stick around. But I just love everybody in the fucking audience is like, bah, bah. <laughs> 
Why is this like a deep cut that people wouldn't expect uh, her to play? I think it's off of takeoffs and landings, which was like an early, or the execution of all things, which were two earlier albums from Riley Kiley. And Ooh. so, like when she plays solos, she plays majority of her solo stuff. So it's just it's surprising that she would do Riley Kiley. She does play some Riley Kiley yeah. in her sets, but like this is not. The ship may be coming in your week, but not given it. But she like this is not a song I don't think she would like normally. Right. She play like it's, I. It's never. not like on her set list every show she does. Right. She's expected. I don't think so. I mean, when I saw her, I've seen her twice, and she didn't do it. Yeah. But also universal enough that any young college-age person who's going through perhaps their first bout of depression. I mean, it's not about depression per se, but it's like when you are lost and you're like fucking up pretty bad. Yeah. And like you're you're not treating people very well because you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. And if you just stick around and try to get better, things will eventually be different. Yeah. You know. But she closed with that. That was the end of her. It seems like yeah, that's good. That's a closer. Yeah. That's not. That's not an opening. Yeah, you don't bounce back from yeah. that. You you leave the stage. All right, let's watch a clip of mine that also is kind of emotional in a different way. Okay. Uh, you noted just recently that my banner image on Twitter is of Paul and Linda McCartney. Yeah. We're gonna watch a Paul and Linda McCartney video. This is for Uncle Albert, which is from Ram. I don't know how familiar you are with. McCartney I know this Solo song. Stuff. I don't know that the. It's, I mean, I think I've heard that that is an album title. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's sort of a weird song, and sort of that I don't I don't you know the song like Band on the Run. Yes. Or any of the stuff on Abbey Road where it's like a few different half finished songs yeah. that are kind of stitched together. Not Love Take Me Down to the Streets. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Still no. my favorite thing in the whole entire world, right. the not Wings Wings song. Right, right, right. From Role Models. It's just one of, uh, right now I know, one of Paul McCartney's. And I, and from what I understand when Ram came out, people, because you know how Paul gets shit on for being like overly sentimental. Yeah. And like music holly. And... I'm, I am I just always think of in, in um, Walk Hard when they have the, the he visits the Beatles in <laughs> India and Paul McCartney is. Um, Jack Black. Jack Black. And he's uh, and I Paul think, Rudd is John, and he's yeah, and he's like, I'm so just, tired of, I'm so tired. I have to be brooding all the time, and you have to be, and why? No, no says, Paul McCartney's like, you're brooding all the time, and I'm always impish and whimsical. Yeah, Paul's a big fat cunt. Yeah. It's so like that. It's that whole that whole scene is great. We've talked about Walk Hard on this. Yes, too, it is great. so good. So but good. this is a song that a lot of people pointed to is like, well, this is really Paul at his worst without. John taking the edge off his sentimentality, which right. I disagree with. I like Paul because of his sentimental side. Uh, you'd think that people would have had enough of silly love songs. No, I never have enough Me of Paul McCartney's silly love never. songs. And then coupled with this video, which is just him home movie love. footage of him and Linda yep. and their kids and their dog with the song. I'm like, how could anybody 
Yeah, you gotta have a pretty turn their pretty, nose up at yeah, this. Yeah, pretty dark heart. Yeah, like you really would rather listen to the Plastic Ono band. Oh God! No, I mean, I like tra la 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 la. That's double fantasy. Like on the farm, yeah. there's a baby and, and a just, I mean, Has anyone ever loved anyone more than Paul loves Linda? I don't even know. I feel like John loves Chrissy Teigen. It's probably pretty similar. <laughs> oh. just, it was like this, I know that Paul McCartney had a monster-sized ego. Yeah. But he also seems like genuinely not a bad, dude. a really sweet dude. Okay, fun fact. Sheepdog! Do you know that sheepdog's name? No. Martha. <gasps> and the so- the Beatles song, Martha, My Dear, is about, about his dog. dog. And that's I Named My Cat After. That's who Martha's that named song. after. Sweet Ma. So indirectly, Martha is named after, after Paul McCartney's dog. dog. Beautiful. Who's in this video a lot. I love He's it. a real good looking dog, too. Sweet sheepdog. That's Martha. Oh, they're on the beach. Yeah. It's cold. Like why are you? It's in a the real, water? it's a it's real British out. looking yeah. beach. It's <laughs> just rocks really everywhere. rocky and it's yeah. gray. Yeah. And you're not, like, I can is, imagine some like Jane Austen novel, yeah. like some situation occurring. This is not a California beach. Yeah. Uh, are they burying something? I think they just had the soil turned up. Putting the grass. And also in. not for nothing, but oh, I don't look mean, at this trash heap like, <laughs> that our child is playing in. Paul and Linda aren't even 30 yet here. Oh my god, are you serious? Yeah. She might be 30. She's a year or two older than him, I think. Oh. Oh, our children are just playing in these ruins. Oh, that's a dog. It's just, just some British fun. I like Beardy Paul. I love Beardy Paul. I think he looks best with the beard. Yeah. Now it's like the yellow submarine effect yeah. on his voice. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, there's a little bit of Yellow Submarine in this song, which is funny because it's so lovely. And there's even a little bit of uh, You Know My Name, Look Up the Number. Right. I, they're riding horses together. Yeah. Oh, Linda. All right, dude. When did she pass away? 20, 20 years, years ago. ago. Yeah. I looked like, it up today. I was like, Jesus, like... she died in April of 98. Jesus. And then who was the lady he married with one night? Heather Mills. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, sheeps. He's wearing, I just want to point out that Paul McCartney is wearing an orange tank top over a blue, over navy, a blue t-shirt. navy blue yeah. t-shirt that had a, a turtleneck at one point and then he changed shirts. Oh my God, they're riding horses and holding hands. Yeah. Oh, I love it. It's real couple goals. This is the Admiral policy bit. Hands across the water. Yeah, how can anybody hate on this? This is literally one of my favorite, oh, yeah. like, bits yeah. of music. Hands across the water. And this is a, water. this album is technically Paul and Linda McCartney pre-Wings, but not Paul McCartney solo. The album is Paul and Linda. I didn't know that. Yeah. But this and is she's like, singing back up on is this the album where he's got the kid in his jacket? No, that's McCartney. That's his first album. So what's album. weird is that that photo was taken on this day. Right, it right, had right. to have been because he's wearing, he's got the kid in his jacket. And, and, and our friend Chris jacket. Garcia. Chris Garcia. Yeah. His album. I always think that. His comedy album. He like put his face over that. This um, is a weird little bit of the, the end of the music video is just a lot of photos. Photos, yeah. yeah. And across the sky. 
and, and, but just like think of like people make fun of Linda all the time. Like she couldn't sing. Why did he put her in his band? She didn't have any talent. It's like who gives a shit? Yeah. Yeah. Who cares? It's his wife, and he loved her, and he wanted her in his band so they could go on tour together. Because he just loved Linda. Yeah, don't and I don't an think asshole and shit on that. And I don't That's... think it was like I don't listen to his music and go like, oh, yeah, so yeah. He didn't care. He just wanted his wife and his band. It's nice. They're so cute. They are really cute. Oh, hey, Ringo. What's up? Oh, yeah, there's Ringo just popping He's chilling in the background. Another one people make fun of Ringo. But guess what? Who's the only Beatle that all the other Beatles put on their solo albums? Ringo. Also, I just want to hang out with him. I just want, wish I would have been had like a time capsule, yeah. yeah, or time machine, not capsule. Yeah, that's, that's a, a different oh, thing. Linda, I just wanted to come over for dinner, have some tea next to our uh, torn down yeah. shed outside of our house. <laughs> you want to come sit by the ocean? It's very cold. There's something about her that always seems sort of melancholy too. I mean, she's from the. Uh, Eastman Kodak that's right. like I always feel like sometimes when people come from like money they're deep like they're deeply unhappy yeah. <laughs> you know well she found something with Paul they're very cute together yeah they're the best thank you we have one more clip it's a very short very short clip. and very silly um I watched Hot Fuzz a few <laughs> nights ago yeah with uh yeah with a fella, uh, and I was like, this is my favorite part of the movie. And I don't, I haven't done this on the podcast yet, but like utilization of some of my, some songs that I love in movies, mm-hmm. like really good use of them. And I mean, obviously Edgar Wright is the king of, uh, like, I feel like if Edgar Wright and I met, we'd be like really good friends. He's <laughs> music, his love of music, I think is, is pretty great. But I only saw Hot Fuzz once. Like, shortly after it first came out. But I do remember this. It's on Netflix. Scene. It's great. Yeah. It's my, I think it might be my favorite of the Cornetto trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love when music is used as a punchline. Yeah. As a joke. Um, so, a little backstory. Yeah, there's a it's, few different layers to this 50-second clip we're going to watch. So, uh, Nick Frost and uh, Simon Pegg's characters go to a, like, community theater production of Romeo and Juliet. But not Romeo and Juliet. Romeo Romeo plus plus Juliet. Juliet. But here's the thing. It's Romeo and Juliet is the production. Right. There's a... It's the end. Romeo is dead. Juliet finds out. Mm -hmm. They have... She kisses him to get the poison off of his lips. The two characters obviously are fucking each other. So, like, he, like, raises his head even though he's supposed to be dead to, like, kiss her back. Uh... And then this happens, yeah. right? Is that the best way to set it up? Well, just in case people don't know, when we say Romeo plus Juliet. We mean Baz Luhrmann's 1990s. The Leonardo DiCaprio. I think it's Claire 96, Dance. yeah. Uh, Paul Rudd was in it. John Leguizamo. Paul Rudd's in it? Paul Rudd plays Paris. I, I don't... Yep. I, again, saw it once over 20 years ago now. Yeah, but the soundtrack of Romeo plus Juliet... Uh, includes... Includes... A hit song. Uh, yes. Uh, do do we not want to say it? Because yeah, it'll give away like the punchline. Yes. Okay. So they're watching this just atrocious. <laughs> and the, yeah, the looks on their faces are great. Here's to my love. This is this is 
very much not Leonardo DiCaprio Romeo. No. He's <laughs> like a middle-aged <laughs> man from Nottingham or wherever they are. <laughs> but she's got the wings like Claire Danes. Yeah. Is. It's like real northern. I also love that, like, he whips his head to kiss her back. Goes to shoot her something. Love me, love me. (laughs) And they're all like dancing. But the best part of it is literally just Simon Pig's face. He's just horrified. (laughs) Whereas, like, everybody else in the audience is like, very into it. But I just want to hear the second because they're doing Love Fool by the Cardigans. By the Cardigans. Which is a great fucking song. And on but the they're doing soundtrack. Like, but they're doing like a community theater show, show tune version where it gets the ba da ba da ba ba intro. After she shoots herself in the head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But it's the song from the movie soundtrack. Yes. Which was just pop songs. Which if you've been to like community theater, you know... That, like, everybody's trying to do something a little fun and funky and different. And so that is so on point. (laughs) (laughs) And all the people in the 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 audience are like, very into it. Anything but you. (laughs) Do, 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 do. Hey! That's so wacky. And I silly. just everybody watch Hot Fuzz because yeah. it is very, very good. I, I when was the last time you watched Romeo plus Juliet? Oh, I don't even know. Do you think it holds up, or do you think it's so uh, of its time that it will just seem real? I think it's so of its time that it's a time capsule that yeah. you can like appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. Um, I, I don't love, think I've love seen Fool it. exists out of time. That is a great, great pop. It song. really is. I don't know what it was what radio station it was but at some point when the song came out a radio station either in san diego or los angeles i can't remember which played like had like a thing where they just played love fool all day yeah it just back to back like no it's like, like it was it, for it was a hours. thing and i don't and i remember being <laughs> in a car in the car with my dad like driving either from san diego to la or la to san diego i can't remember being on the freeway and it just playing over and over, <laughs> and I still love it. Yeah, it would take a lot so, of it would take a lot of plays before I got sick. Yeah, good on you, Cardigan. But that's all for this episode of Music Raygun. Our logo is by Kyla Pellucci. Bagweed did our theme music. If you like what you heard, please write a review and rate the show five stars on Apple Podcasts. Also, tell your friends about us because word of mouth is the best way to share the show. You can email comments and questions to musicraygun at gmail.com. I'm Paul Champanelli, Katie Willer. Thanks for hosting this episode. Thank you for having me again. Yay. Yay, Until next time. See ya. Bye.